The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. You're welcome back to the show, Kieran Cuddy with you until seven o'clock. And David Gillick is with me for the Thursday interview. David, how are you? I'm good. Yeah, thanks for having me in. So, how do I describe you when you meet people? <laughs> what's what do you say your job is? Yeah, I always uh, I worry about that uh, that question and how I'm going to answer that. Um, yeah, it's one of those. I I suppose you know. <sighs> what do your kids? Yeah, you know, uh, yeah. Oscar comes home from school and he's like, "Daddy, what do you do?" <laughs> you know, and it's like, "Well, um, no." So look, I suppose I, I work in the area of kind of health promotion, probably on a, on a day to day basis. Do a lot in, in the kind of corporates on that side of it, and then you know the media aspect to it as well, the kind of sports side of it, um, and then lucky enough to still kind of work with a couple of brands. So it's kind of whatever way you, you want to interpret that. Would Would you be back at the point now where you describe yourself as a runner again? Um, I, well. It's funny because I am doing a lot. I'm probably, you know, I'm up to five days a week now. Okay. You know, so when I was full-time athletics, uh, it was six days a week. So I had one day off. Okay. Um, But yeah, like probably not because it doesn't define me. I think there was a period of my life where athletics did define me. It was my job. Whereas now it's very much kind of recreational. It's a hobby. Um, And it's something that I I suppose with with athletics, it's, it's, it's amazing because there's so many different levels to it and different events and now going from a sprinter to an endurance athlete um, see I'm talking like I'm an athlete I'm talking yeah. like I am that's my identity but uh, no look it's a huge part of my life and yeah a lot of people will kind of talk to me about that so maybe I'll uh, maybe I'll begin to say I'm, a, I'm an, an athlete not a, maybe an elite athlete just yet um, How are you enjoying the endurance running? It's great you know I have to say like you know when I was competing full time um it was everything. It was my job. It, it paid the bills. You know, every year you're building towards a new championships. And, and then I got very kind of, you know, when I retired, I resented it. And I moved really far away from athletics. I, I almost kind of hated the sport. Um, and I don't know if people have read Andre Agassi's book, The Open, where mm. he talks a lot about how he hated tennis. I could relate to that. Um, and it's probably only in the last couple of years have I fallen back in love with running and kind of the structure it gives me, the outlet it gives me. Um, and again, with, with kind of young kids and, you know, I work for myself. So to have something that's structured and routine based and also have a bit of a target, a bit of a goal. Um, yeah, I, I really enjoy I enjoy the slow element of running. And that's probably one of the things that people forget about when it comes to, to kind of running is the, the easy miles, the slow running. Yeah. Uh, whereas when I was a sprinter, it was all fast, hard, literally getting scraped off the track. That was my event. Whereas now I like the fact that I can go up, live kind of the south side of the city up by Marley Park. So I love going into Marley Park and this time of the year, the fresh cut grass, you know, the stuff that your your senses yeah. and all that. And you just run with your thoughts and, and it's great. Do you listen to music? I did. So last year when I got into kind of the endurance side of it, I needed music. Okay. I needed motivation. Um, I needed a playlist. I needed all those songs to keep my go- keep me going. Whereas now, no, I don't. I okay. literally run with. There's enough going on in my head. You know? Yeah. <laughs> so how how did when you say you kind of you 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 actively disengage from the sport after you retired? Mm. Like how did what did that look like? Literally went from you know I was I was almost thirty. So it was ten years ago. I was in a training session down in Australia, in Canberra, and I did a great training session. And the last rep, I tore my Achilles. And this was kind of off the back of maybe three years where I hadn't competed through injury. Mm. 
And, you know, at that point, I wasn't funded um, by Sport Ireland. I'd lost sponsors. I wasn't making any money. And you're kind of hitting that crossroads in life where you're looking at the next five years and what's going to happen, where am I going to be, how am I going to maybe, you know, move home, get a mortgage, kids, all that sort of stuff. So I retired and, and that was it. And um, I took the first job that came my way literally two weeks later. And I was sitting in an office over in the UK because um, the company I was working for, I was based in Dublin, but I had to go over uh, initially to the UK. And I can remember that was that. Uh, and this was what I thought was my future was going to be. Um, I stopped exercising. I kind of was done with it all. I, as I said, I kind of resented it. And, you know, it, it was. I just went so far away from it. And life changed, you know, from been really strict on my diet, been really strict on kind of, you know, that holistic approach to to my sport. I went the opposite way. I didn't need to look after myself, um, or so I thought. Um, and I can remember waking up one Saturday morning and turning to Charlotte, my, my wife, and kind of <laughs> saying, like, what do normal people do on a Saturday morning? <laughs> because for so long, yeah. you know, I had to go train and that was that. And yeah, I, I, like, I struggled with that change of everything, environment, but also kind of in my own head, I felt I didn't have a purpose anymore. I didn't have like a goal. Because athletics, you're always working towards something. There's always a championship, there's always an Olympics, there's a four-year cycle. So every day feeds into that. And then suddenly that was kind of all gone. So, um, yeah, it, it was it was a strange time, you know. It was weird. And did you then cope with that by contriving goals or by accepting that you can live without them? Um, basically, the way I kind of approached it was I... I I suppose on reflection, I was I was searching for something that was going to fill that void. I didn't mm. know what it was, so I became kind of a bit of a a, a nodding dog. Um, I was saying yes to an awful lot of things, and I thought that was going to something will something will click here. Yeah. Um. So the job was number one, and then I'd come off the back of MasterChef as well. So I was doing a lot of kind of like PR stuff and events, and I you know Saturday Sundays doing all that stuff because I kind of felt I'll just say yes to everything and I'll f- figure it out and I'll find something. But the reality of that was I was extremely busy. So I wasn't looking after myself. I wasn't exercising. And suddenly it was like seven days a week. Um, and to be brutally honest with you, I thought I, I was craving fulfillment. I was craving contentment. So I thought in my head, if I had more money, I'd be content. So I was just like, yeah, I'll do this. I'll do that. And, you know, success then became not medals or not personal best. It became like, well, if I have more money. Yeah. And then you kind of realize, you know, well, that's not the case. Um, so packed in the job, got a new job, same scenario. And, you know, I had no goal. I didn't know kind of who I was. I thought my, you know, my identity was very much been that kind of runner. And that's funnily what people used to describe me of, oh, they're the runner fella. You know, <laughs> and then it'd be like, you know, well, I'm not the runner anymore. What am I? Yeah. Um, and that went on for a couple of years. You know, I was kind of flipping and flopping between things, didn't really know what I wanted, didn't know what was important to me. And um, I suppose that lack of kind of, structure, that lack of kind of having a goal and that purpose to, to aim for and work towards wasn't there. And that was probably something that um, kind of impacted me, you know, negatively that and I'd never, I'd never kind of experienced that either before. When you say experienced that, what do you mean? Just kind of, I suppose, the loss, the grief, um, you know, I suppose I, I, I was, um, I was grieving over the loss of a career that didn't end on my terms either. And that that was quite difficult. You know, it suddenly changed overnight. And, you know, I suppose deep down, I kind of thought in my career, I'd go to maybe, you know, go on to the Beijing, go to London and then go to Rio and retire. Um, and it never happened. And I think that sudden kind of change, 
it caused a lot of a lot of stress, um, you know, a lot of issues internally with me and 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 just kind of you know that loss of who I was and that having that clear defined purpose. And I think in the world of sport, it's very very clear. You know exactly who you are. You know exactly where where you're going and you have that team of people around you that are enabling you to do what you want to do and it's a very kind of simplistic life um, you get up you go training um, you're working towards something in August generally the major championships of that year um, and then when it's all over you enter the real world and it's like oh hang on a second that's not there anymore Yeah. Um, and it's like you just wake up and it's like this, this, is, this is different everything's different you know and even coming back you know, you're reconnecting with, with friends, you're reconnecting with family, you know, you're now not around like-minded people. And that was, that was, that was strange. Do you think if it, it had gone to plan, say if you'd run in London and yeah. run in, in Rio and you'd got to Olympic finals uh, and all of that, that, that it would have been any different or it just would have been delayed? It would have been, stepped the, off the yeah. track in Rio and... You still wouldn't have had a plan, or would you have? Well, you see, you, that's the thing. Maybe yeah. it would be the end. I think the reality of kind of you know, look, success is never a straight line. But I think you know when your body begins to break down on you, and the frustration, the anguish that comes with that, and you kind of you know you show the resilience of getting through the, the the rehab, and you get back on the track, and then boom, something happens again. I think the reality of where I was at was I didn't. It wasn't on my terms, and that was the difficult thing about it. It wasn't mm. as if I could put things in place to go, okay, you know what, you know, in a couple of years now, um, I'm going to step off the track and going to go on to a new, a new, a new chapter of my life, but it was on my terms and you can plan for that. I think the reality in, in certain cases around sport is it can happen overnight and you wake up the next day and it's like, oh, it's all different. It's very yeah. different. And I think as well, you're, you're away from that kind of community that you're so used to. Um, the people you train with, the like-minded people that you're with and you're all working together for the greater goal. Um, I think for me, in my situation, that I didn't get the opportunity to exit on, on my on my terms. So the reality was that it was kind of a lot of upheaval. What do you suspect the plan might have been? Because you yeah. weren't that, like, so third, you, you tore the accolades and you were 30. Yeah, You would yeah, have been 32 yeah. in Rio. Would have been 32. Right? So it's not... So, uh, if you don't mind me saying, David, you were kind of getting close to the point <laughs> I, where you I, needed a plan anyway. I, I did, you're right. And it was those twilight years. And, like, I, I suppose it was just the harshness of it all. And, um, and look, the reality is maybe maybe these sort of things you can think in, in, in your own mind, yeah, I'll plan and I'll do all of those things. But, like, you know, you look at the research around sport and people who have transitioned away from sport, they're there is issues around that, whether it's on their terms yeah. um, or it's not. And I think that's just the reality of, you know, going from one intense environment and then suddenly it ends and then you're kind of looking around, okay, who am I? And and I, I suppose the biggest thing I learned was that, you know, sport is quite fragile, but, you know, even in a general sense, all my self-worth and confidence came from one area of my life, you yeah. know, and, and that was the biggest kind of um, thing that struck me, that like everything came from that aspect aspect of my life. And I think, you know, you can look at, you know, I suppose historically what we've gone through recessions and pandemics you know you see this when there's massive change um, and I think in, in my line of work everything came from one area of my life and when that kind of was gone then you question things And how how different then is that aspect of your life today like that balance have you again, we'll, we'll stick with the financial analogy then I mean <laughs> have you broadened the tax base <laughs> <laughs> Yeah like it, it, it's it, it's interesting and like, I've been very lucky with the opportunities and I suppose, you know, I've built good relationships and um, I've had opportunities come my way that I would have never thought um, would have ever happened. But 
I found myself doing things that I liked. I found myself doing things that I didn't like. But I think to give myself a bit of credit, I tried things. And when I tried things, then I learned a lot about myself. And look, I got external help and I, I spoke to people and all that. But I I suppose now it's it's a case that I've gone back to who I am. What are the things that I enjoy doing? And running is that. Running is my outlet and that's very mm. important to me. Um and when I get that structure and I have that on a regular basis and I'm consistent about that, that's the time that I can kind of muddle through some of the things in my head. That's the time that I can create an element of clarity um, and have that structure and routine that I'm very used to. And I think that enables me kind of, okay, you know, begin to actually pick and choose. And oh, I want to do this, I want to do more of that. And that's kind of really helped in terms of where I am now in terms of my kind of, I suppose, career and what pays the bills. Um and uh, as you said, it's kind of like, you know, sticking to the things that you enjoy doing and kind of having that good kind of, I suppose, work-life balance is a word that we yeah. hear a lot of. But, you know, that is important. And particularly when you work for yourself, you know, the peaks and troughs and embracing the peaks and troughs and understanding that you're going to have busy times. You're going to have times that, you know, maybe not so busy. Don't panic. Um, and that was something I used to do. I'd panic. Um, and now I've kind of learned to kind of enjoy that a little bit. And again, with family, I can you know, move things around to make it fit best and be around yeah. to help kind of Charlotte and the kids, you know. And when you say kind of muddled, how muddled did your head get as you try to figure all of this stuff out? Yeah, like, I'll be honest, like, I, I struggled, you know, and I'm not ashamed to admit, like, I, I you know, depression, anxiety, um, insomnia, couldn't sleep, um, you know, comfort eating and all that sort of stuff um, was kind of the day-to-day -day existence. And But it was the easiest thing for me to hide. Like, so easy. I, I was working full-time. I was travelling an awful lot. You know, I'd leave the house. I'd put the mask on. I'd be the person that people expected me to be. And I think mm. coming from sport and being male, it's faster, fitter, stronger, show no weakness. And you kind of live up to that expectation. And, you know, I won a couple of medals in my, in my, in my sporting career. So I felt success had to be at that level. And if it wasn't, well, then I was a failure. So, you know, it took a while to, um, to get to help. I'm not ashamed to admit that um, I, I still go to council. Um, I went every week in 2016. I still go every second week now. Probably one of the best investments I've ever made because mm. that's slowed me down. And it's, it's enabled me to kind of go, OK, what's important to me? And again, like, you know, in the corporate world, we, we talk about vision, mission, strategies, all that sort of stuff. But when it comes to, I didn't have a, vi a vision or a mission or a strategy about what I wanted to become or where I wanted to go. I did when I was in the world of athletics. So I needed to get back to that. And by talking about it and actually understanding me and the journey I was on enabled me to kind of put things in place. And um, yeah, work in progress. But, you know, I, I have worked hard at it over the last couple of years. And I think that's enabled me to have a bit more clarity about who I am and what I want to do. And are you, are you still a goal setter then? Do you, yeah. yeah, I would be, yeah. Yeah, I think I, I need that. Um, you know, people would look and kind of go, oh, well, you know, I've, I've, I've ran a huge portion of my life and you must be highly motivated. Nah, I'm the opposite. Like I need, like even like folks on the marathon, I needed someone to coach me. I needed someone to hold me to yeah. account. I needed a plan because would I do it myself? I would probably, bits and bobs and, you know, I won't go today. I won't yeah. do the long run today. I'll just I'll just do forty minutes. So or easy something. to do that, isn't it? So easy to do. You know, you whereas Emmett Dunleavy is here. Emmett, yeah, and yeah, shout out yeah. to Emmett. Like Emmett's been fantastic for me, and I've known Emmett for years. And you know, when I said to him I was going to do the mar marathon, he kind of looked at me and was like, "Like how fast do you want to do it in?" And I was like, "Sub three, sub three hours." And he was like, "Right, okay." Um, but it was a journey, and I I enjoyed it, and that's yeah. the structure, and that's the purpose. But I needed somebody to motivate me. I needed some 
kind of stretch goal to kind of keep me out there. And it's accountability. It's right. accountability. Because I, uh, Andrew yeah. Moore, I'm going to give, well, you're giving a shout out. Oh, I know, Andrew, yeah, yeah. A shout out to Andrew. And that's what people say to me, and what do you get out of it? Can you not just Google it, uh, training pad? I said, well, I could, yeah. but then there's no one that's going to text me that evening and say, why didn't you do the session yeah, this morning? Yeah, and, and that's what you need. At the end yeah. of the week, Emma's like, oh, how's things? Okay, I looked on your Strava there, da 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 And like, that's what I like because I know then i got to get out and, and do it. And um, that's really important. And, and that's the thing where, the, you know, you inspire yourself, it's empowerment, but that motivational factor is massive and that's why you need someone shouting at you. Yeah. What's <laughs> next then on the agenda, running-wise? So I have a couple of things lined up. I'm doing, um, there's a 10K in Dunshockland, nice uh, flat and fast one. Oh, and yeah. then there's a 5K in Kilcock at the end of the month, flat and fast, hopefully fast. Um, and then the long term is obviously doing Dublin Marathon again. So the first one was last year and uh, I got the rack car and Jesus did I wobble. Um, I think I lost a minute a K for the last 16K. Yeah. Um, oh. it, it was tough. I'm not going to lie, it was tough. But this year things are going well and I'm, I'm getting down there and um, yeah, roll on October. Um, and uh, before you go, just on the running front as well, because I know News Talker partnering as well with the DSD Games. Yeah. That's your own club. Club, in, yeah. Uh, Dun Dum, South Dublin. Um, you have a great new track out there oh, as well. Yeah, world class. Yeah, it's brilliant and a massive credit to you to the various people involved in the club over the last couple of years. This didn't happen overnight. Um, you know, it's my club. I, I grew up in the area. Um, Oscar's now in the club, so the next generation. But the track and what they coaching? I am. I'm helping out up there as well. Which, uh, Chief bottle washer. Bottle washer, kind of <laughs> herding cats up there at the oh, moment, you know. Fun. But it's great. And it's the fact that we now have a home. And, and even in the wider kind of Dunleary Ratdown County, we haven't had a track there since, um, I think it was 2011, UCD. Mm. You know, and now UCD have their track. Fantastic. But what they've done up there in Dundrum is it's, it's, it's a world-class uh, surface is a world class track and then they put in trails around it they've really used the environment really used the kind of the land that they have and there's trails and floodlit trails and I think you know it's so positive now because it was waiting lists and that's the thing about athletics like it, it was it was hard to get the kids in because they needed coaches they needed space we have that now plenty of people coming in through the doors and like you know athletics has been a sport that's given me absolutely everything and uh, a lot of opportunities and it's great to see that in my local community now and yeah as look it's the same story anywhere Harry yeah. same in Kilkenny it's you know there's waiting lists and if, if mum or dad are willing to coach that's you, it you yeah, yeah. roped them in yeah. but it's just it's a great sport for kids even if it's not going to be their primary sport and they're looking to run in Olympics like you if they're playing football or hurling or anything else I mean, it's just, it's it's the mobility and the dexterity yeah. and everything else that it brings. And I think that's it. I think athletics is the basis for an awful lot of sport. And again, with the DSD Games on the 18th of June, it's um, an international competition. We have lots of uh, lots of top talent domestically that are uh, coming to compete. And again, it gives them the opportunity, particularly for the, kind of the juveniles and the juniors to maybe get qualification time. So, um, yeah, it's hotting up. Yeah, well, listen, I don't know what the forecast is going to be that far out in advance, but if it's anything like the last couple of weeks, be a lovely day, lovely setting, uh, easily accessible there. It's kind of not far from Marley Park in Edmundstown and the M50. Uh, they are Sunday the 18th of June, the DSD Games. If you Google it, you'll find out all the details. David, an absolute pleasure. Thanks a million. Thanks for having me in. Cheers. Uh, the Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan. Weekdays from four on News Talk.